All right, I will say good morning. Let us let us begin. Um, th- thank you very much for uh, for accommodating me and uh, being able to mirz Hashem continue to give shir while still being at home. It's uh, a great tzuchos. It feels like a little bit uh, things coming full circle. A little bit of deja vu giving uh, giving dafyomi from my. Uh, from my office, from my, from my study at home, but, uh, again, thank you all for being so accommodating and it's a great source to be able to continue our limo together. Our share this morning is dedicated by our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tevez, Dovi and Nina Elman, in honor of their daughter Ayelet becoming a bas mitzvah, may she continue to be a source of nachas for the entire mishpacha. Our week of learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, in memory of Paul's aunt Esther Pollock, Esther Bas Zechariah, whose yard site was on the 29th of Kislev, Sherry and Alan Steinmetz, on the occasion of the birthdays this week, are there Bechor. Adam Steinmetz and his Bukhar Judah, and with tremendous Hakara Satov for all of the Shi'urim. Judy and Moshe Ben Zion Pacino, in commemoration of the first yard site of Moshe Ben Zion's mother, Leah Rachel Bas Shmuel, and our ongoing Dafyomi sponsorship in the Zhusava Rafu Shalema, for Ruchama Aviva Bas Shinachana, and for Rachel Yehudis Bas Tova Gittel. Bose, with that, let us begin. So we are Baruch Hashem. Today's daf is daf chaf vav twenty six, and we are picking up in Hashem on daf chaf hey amudays. A lot to do today, so we're picking up twenty five b. We left off. We left off uh, pretty much like in the middle of the page. Mar Baravashi. I'm sorry, a lot to do today. So Mar Baravashi. We'll say right across in Tosa's low, literally middle of the page. So the Gemara says as follows: Mar Baravashi the so remember again, we're continuing in the sugya where we were discussing the idea of getting benefit from Isuri Hana. We're kind of going back a little bit, right? We learned about the fact that you could go ahead and heal yourself with anything that is Aser, anything that is Aser with the exception of three things, immorality, idolatry, and bloodshed. So the Gemara now is going back to that sugya a little bit and speaking about the ability to derive benefit from that which is Aser Ba'anah. So the Gemara says, So Mar Barabashi saw, found Ravina. Ravina was literally like smearing on his daughter um, oil from Arla. Now it's interesting, Rashi says, Goharki da Arla, Boser Zesim Kitani Mishim Rafua, Dikasavar Mutter the Hisrapos Bi Suri Interestingly enough, what he did is this was this was oil from Arla olives, but the nature of this particular type of olive, Rashi points out, was uh, was underdeveloped in what we call immature immature olives. So he was using Arla oil to go ahead and smear on his daughter for medicinal purposes. Armale, so the Gemara says. So so Mar Baravashi confronts Rabin about this, and he says, So, you know, you're allowed to go ahead and use Arla when there's a serious situation, Sakana, but who says you're allowed to use Arla when there's not Sakana? He said, you know, my daughter, my daughter has a fever. The fever is very intense, and the intensity of the fever makes it like a shasa sakana, makes it like a time of danger. Ike the Amri, others explained, Others say that what, what Ravina said back to my Ravashi was, 
I'm not using the oil in a normative fashion. So because I'm not getting benefits from it, derech hana, in the normal form of hana, therefore, ultimately, again, it is not going to be usr. Okay, so I'll say either, either, either two possibilities. Either the possibility that the Gemara is introducing us to the concept that halacha lamaisa, again, fever, could be tantamount to sakana. We know certain types of fever certainly can be tantamount to sakana. That's aleph. And bays that this was non-normative benefit. And as we saw already on Chafi Ahmed Aleph, non-normative benefit ultimately, again, will not be usher. Good. The Gemara goes right to Nebo. Say, now we're going to begin a suya, which is pretty much going to take us through the majority of today's daf, which is actually really a, a dramatic a dramatic discussion. So here we go. So the Gemara says, Itmar, This is an interesting case. What happens if a person derives benefit from something, quote-unquote, bal karcho, against his will? Against his will. So we'll say, so what, 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 what's, what, now, what this means, we'll say, is as follows. I'll go ahead and I get benefit from something, but halacha lemaisa, the I don't have intention to get benefit. So we'll see examples of this. But the idea over here is, I'm getting benefit from something that, that is prohibited, but when we say, well, you know, when we normally say balkarcho against your will, that sounds like something is actively happening to you against your will. In this context, balkarcho just means I have no intention for it. There's no intentionality here. So ultimately, again, I'm getting hanwa from something that is usher. But ultimately, again, it's it's not it's not it's not it's not with my will. It's against my will. So what's the status? Of such hana. Now remember, the assumption, of course, is that this hana is coming from something which is aser. So I'm deriving hana from something that is aser, but the hana is against my will. What's the halacha? So says the Gemara, Abayi Amr Muteras, Rava Amr Asura. Abayi says it's motor. Rashi says Muteras. In Sarek Lifro Shemena. So we'll say, we'll see what this means. Abayi says motor, Rava says it's aser. Now we'll say, now what does this mean? When Abaye says it's mutter, Abaye says, look, if you're getting Hana from something that is Aser, and it's happening against your will, or you have no intent, it's just happening against your will, you have no obligation to separate yourself from it. Rava says, even if it's happening against your will, you still have an obligation to separate yourself from it. So the Gemara says, So if it's a case where I could avoid the Hana, but yet I still have benefit and I have intention to benefit, or if I don't have the ability to avoid it and I have intention to benefit from it, everyone will agree that it's Aser. If again, I don't have the ability to avoid it, but I don't have intention to get benefit from it, everyone will agree that it's mutter. So, where does the machlokes case come up? Ultimately, again, where I have the ability to avoid the hana, technically, I could avoid it, but ultimately, again, I don't have intention to benefit from it. According to Rabbi Hudu holds that something for which you don't have Rabbi Hudu, this Rabbi Huda from Shabbos, right? This Rabbi Huda from Masechah Shabbos, Rabbi Huda that says that you could drag a bench across the field 
You could drag a bench across the field. And even though, again, you may go ahead and create a furrow, you are not going to be chayif because that is a davar she'en o miskavim. Sivin Rabbi Yehuda who holds that davar she'en o miskavim aser, koli amolo pligida aser. Everyone will agree that halacha lamaisa, this will be aser. Keep pligi. Where does the machlokis come up? To Rabbi Shimon. Ultimately, again, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Rabbi Shimon, say, davar davar she'en o miskavim mutter. Rabbi Shimon says that a davar she'en o miskavim ultimately is mutter. Abayi Rabbi Shimon, Abayi will be like Rabbi Shimon and will say that as long as you don't have kavana to get benefit from the davar ha'asr, from, from the davar ha'asr, then ultimately again the benefit is fine. And Rava says, Adkan. Rava Amar, sorry, boss, I'm not sure what happened over there. Did I lose everyone there for just a moment? Okay, not sure. This might be my internet. I'm sorry. Okay, the Gemara says, well, Rava Amar ad kando kamar Rabbi Shimon ela heichadolo efsher. And Rava says, up until this point, Rabbi Shimon did not go ahead and and prohibit permit benefit only when there's no other possibility of a heichad efsher. But if there's the possibility to avoid hana from the davar ha'aser, then of course one must do so. To which the Gemara says, "Ikadam." We're both in alternate version, and this is the version we're really going to be focusing on over here in our Gemara. This is the version we're going to be focusing on. Ikadam. Others explain. Efshar below mechabim. We're supposed to listen to this. Everyone agrees in the following case. Efshar below mechabim, which is what does this mean? Efshar means I can avoid getting hana from the item which is aser, right? I can avoid it below mechabim, but. Ultimately, again, I don't have kavana to get benefit. So, hainu pluktaihu to Rabbi Huda Rabbi Shimon. So, we'll say, that's the machlokas, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon, right? Because, again, we'll say, that's the machlokas about whether or not one is chayiv for a davar she'eno miskavin. Lo efshar v'lokamachavin, watch this. If I can't avoid the hana, and I don't have intention to derive benefit from the hana, koli amalo shari. Everyone will agree that halacha lamaisa, it's totally permitted. So, what is the machlokes case? Where is there an argument? Pay very close attention to this because this is going to be the case that we are going to spend virtually the rest of the year focusing on. So, where is the machlokes case? The machlokes says in the following case, I don't have the ability to avoid getting hana. But and once I don't, can't avoid it, again, I have kavana to keep getting benefit. I have kavana to, so so low F sharp, I can't avoid the hano, the kamachavin. But again, ultimately again, I once I can't avoid it, so I have no problem benefit. I I have kavana to benefit from it. So we'll say, watch this. What's the halach in this kind of case? According to Rabbi Shimon, Dazel Basar Kavano. So according to Rabbi Shimon, who says, everything is about your Kavano. So in this case over here, my Kavano is to benefit, excuse me, from the item that is Asr. So according to Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says that everything is based on Kavano. When you have Kavano to benefit from something that is Asr, even though, even though it was unavoidable that you were going to benefit from it, but now you have Kavano to benefit from it, that is going to be Asr. Keep ligi. Where does the machlokis come up? Alibud Rabbi Huda. Both say the machlokis comes up according to Rabbi by Rabbi Huda. The Amar Loshna Miskavin Veloshna Shein Miskavin, who holds the halacha la'maisa, 
Rabbi Yehuda holds that ultimately, again, it's not a question of kavana; it's a question of efshar. And efshar, if we're talking about a case, ultimately, again, where it's possible to avoid the hano and you don't do so, that's asr. But once it's impossible to avoid the hano, ultimately, again, it is going to be mutter. Loshna Shim is coming, Efsha Asra, Abai Krabi Huda, Sabai will hold ultimately again like Rabbi Huda, and I will say, therefore, Abai will say that once we're dealing with the case of Lo Efshar, where I can't avoid the Hana, once I can't avoid it, then ultimately, again, it becomes mutter. And even if I have Kavana to benefit from it, it doesn't matter. So the Gemara is the top of Chavav, Rabbi will say, Verava, Rabbi will say, so Rabbi says, no, no, no. Rabbi Huda only held that halacha lamaisa, that not having kavana is like kavana, only the chumra. But miskavin, kishem miskavin, l'kulam lo. Rabbi Huda he did not espouse the shita that miskavin should be like, it's not miskavin in a case where it yields a leniency. So therefore, both say, what's coming out of here is as follows. The Gemara now is framing that the machlokis case is in the following situation. So I'll, say, I'll, I'll give you the example, the Rush, the Rush and the Ran bring down the same type of case. The, their example is, their example is where Halacha Lamaisa again, I'm going, I'm walking down a path and it happens to be again, the only path I can go ahead and take is passes by a house of Avodah That's the only path I could take. Or let's say that's bad. And from the house of Avodah they're they're burning incense, and there's a, a beautiful aroma that comes out of the house of Avodah Beautiful aroma. So we'll say so. So let, let's deal with the following case. Let's assume right now that's the only path I could take. That is the only path I could take. That's called Lo Efshar. Lo Efshar. There's no other path for me to take other than by the house of Avodah So we'll say so now again. And what happens? I pass by the house of Avodah Zarah. And now, once I pass by it, I say, wow, Gishmak, that smells beautiful. That's Kamachadin. So it's low F sharp. I don't have the ability to avoid the, the Hanal, but Kamachadin. And ultimately, now I'm going ahead and enjoying the scent. You know, once I have to go there, I'm enjoying the scent. So, what I now the Shaila is have I violated benefiting from an Isser Hanal or not? So, this is the Machlokas Abai and Rava. Abai says, Abai says, at the end of the day, everything is about Efshar. Was it avoidable? Was it not avoidable? If it's not avoidable, then by definition, you're not chayv, even if you end up benefiting from it. Rava says, at the end of the day, it's all a question of intent. Even if something is unavoidable, if you have kavana to benefit from the adavar ha'asr, then ultimately, again, that is going to be problematic. So we'll say that's the machlokis, and that is what we are going to focus on now. So let's go, let's go on. Chavvav we'll say three lines down, end of the third line. Amr Abayi, Sabayi says, from where do I know, from where do I know my particular sheet? So remember again, Abayi's idea is it's all dependent on Efshar. Is it avoidable? Is it not avoidable? If it's avoidable, you're going to be chayiv. If it's unavoidable, then ultimately, again, you won't be chayiv. So the Gemara says, This Sanya, they learned in Abraisa, Amru Alav, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai. They say about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, let's listen to this. This is so incredibly beautiful. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, when the Jews would come, to, for, to be to be Ola Regal, when they would come ultimately again to come to Yerushalayim, Beisach Shavuos and Sokis, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai would give a shear. He'd give a shear. 
There are so many people who wanted to attend the Shiva Bjorchel and Ben Zakai that his base medrash could not contain the crowds. So what happened? What happened? They used to situate themselves outside of the walls of the Beis Hamikdash, and they would sit in the shade of the walls of the Beis Hamikdash. What an incredibly beautiful image! No, they would sit in the shades of the walls of the of the of the Beis Hamikdash. So the Gemara says, "Yoshua says, now one second, one second. That is benefiting from the from the Beis Hamikdash. We'll say, is is that not benefiting from the walls of the Beis Hamikdash?" Which sounds like could be potential. Remember, the base of Mikdash is Asr Bano. Sounds like that should be Asr Bano. So listen to this. Sigmar Tzvahahacha, the Lo Efshar Mechave. Now, we'll say, now what is that a case? That's a case of Lo Efshar. Lo Efshar. And as we'll say, there was nowhere else Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai to give the Shir. There was nowhere else. The Lo Efshar, Umechave. But they clearly had Kavana to go ahead and get benefit. Vishari, and it was permitted. So both say, so this seems to be a raya, like Abaye. Abaye says that lo efshor mechavin, right? Both say, so Abaye, Abaye says at the end of the day, everything is about avoidability. If, if it is unavoidable for you to benefit from an isra then once it's unavoidable, you're not chayiv. And we don't care if you have kavanah to benefit, don't have kavanah to benefit. If it's unavoidable, you're not going to be chayiv. And, and Abai says, here's my raya, here's my raya. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai had nowhere else to give shir. There was nowhere else. Therefore, by definition, because there was nowhere else to give shir, even though they were clearly benefiting from the Beis HaMikdash, from the shade of the Beis HaMikdash, Halach it was mutter. So Abai says, you see from here, that lo efshar umechavin is going to be mutter. To which the Gemara says, Rava will say, no, no, no. Shiny heichal dilatocho asui. Rava will say, that's not a good raya, because the truth is, that's not really called benefiting from Isser Hano. Why? Because Rava will say, the base Hamikdash was made to benefit from the interior, not from the exterior. So using the exterior shade of the walls of the base Hamikdash is not really called using something that is Asr Bana. An, an, an interesting idea. Sefer Rava says it's not really a raya. Amar Rava, so Rava comes along and says, from where do I know my shita? Right, from where do I know my particular opinion? That halacha lamaisa again, did I both say once you have kavana, right? According to Rava, so we'll say, according to, according to Abai, it's all about efshar. It's all about, it's all about avoidability. If something is avoidable, you chayiv. If something is unavoidable, you not chayiv. And once it's unavoidable, whether you had kavana or not is inconsequential. According to Rava, it's all about kavana. Even if something was totally unavoidable, if halacha lamaisa, again, you had kavana to go ahead, you had kavana to benefit, you're going to be chayiv. So listen to this. Amarava, menaminullah, from where do I know this? But say, this is incredible. The Sanya. The Sanya. Lulin hayu psuchin ba'aliyah space kachikadosh. Most of how beautiful this is. There were upper windows. Upper windows. But these were like large windows. Large windows. There were large windows that opened in the upper story of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now, but say, why were there windows? Shebahen mishashlan asa umnim betebos. Listen to this. What would they do? Obviously, at different times, there had to be repairs done in the Kodesh HaKadoshin. So what would they do? They would lower the craftsmen in through the upper windows down into the Kodesh HaKadoshin. Now what they would do, I will say, is the craftsmen would essentially be lowered in boxes. Boxes. These boxes would be closed on three sides and open only on one side. Open on the side on which they had to do the work. Now, why do they do that? 
They did that in order that the craftsmen should not benefit from gazing upon the Kodesh HaKadoshim. They shouldn't benefit from gazing upon the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So the Gemara says, Ay, vaha, hacha, lo efshar So we'll say, what is this a case of? This is, is lo efshar. It's unavoidable. In other words, the repairs have to be done inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So it is unavoidable. The repairs must be done. The Kamechavein. But yet again, we'll say, what are we concerned about? That the craftsmen are going to dafka want to benefit from what they see around the base around the Kodesh Hakadoshim, the Asr, and it's Asr. So he says, Rava, this is a Raya to me. That what is it all about? We'll say it's all about intentionality. Even if something is unavoidable, right? Even if something is totally unavoidable, halacha l'maisa again. If you have intention to get benefit from it, it is going to be Asr. But one second, we'll say there's, an, there's another problem with this, and this is really quite fascinating. That ultimately, Rabbi Shum Ben Pazi said in the name of Bar Kafra, that in general, kol, which is sound, mare, that which you see, vereach and scent, there is no me'ila by these things. Even if you were to lower the craftsman into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and he were to look around and actively, actively derive benefits from what he was gazing upon in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that's not called Me'ila. That's not called Me'ila. Right? So I will say there's no Me'ila by Re'iya, by sight. So rather, Gemara says, Allah, Ma'ila, Asur, Beis, Kodesh HaKadoshim. You're right. So therefore, again, can't really bring a Raya over here, I will say, rather, this must be what? They were just more machmir in the Holy of Holies. Even though, technically speaking, even if the craftsmen were to actively gaze upon the Kodesh HaKadoshim and derive benefit from it, technically speaking, that's not Mi'ilo. But nevertheless, by the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there are more machmir. Fine. So, what I say? the Machlokis continues. Others say, Rava says, where do I learn my sheet? Remember again, Rava's sheet is, it's all about Kabbalah. Even if something was technically unavoidable, if you have kavana to benefit, you will be chayiv. So says the Gemara, Ikid Amri. Others explain, Amrava, Mina Minala, from where do I derive my shita? Tisanya, Amrav Shem Ben Pazi, Amrav Shem Ben Levi, Mishum Bar Kafra. Call Umarav Rech, and Ben Mishum Ila. That ultimate thing, I will say, is the alternate version of what we just learned before. That call sound, mara sight, reach scent, are not subject to Mi'ilo. Mi'ilo hu delaka, ha'isura ika. So we'll say there is no me'ila, but you see that it's still aser. You see that it's still aser. So we'll say, so Rabbi says, you see that it is still aser to go ahead and gaze upon the Kodesh HaKadoshim. My love, la'osana omdim bifnim, afshar va'aser. Is this not referring to those ultimately, again, who are standing inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Right? So we'll say they're standing inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim and to make repairs. And you see, this is a case of low afshar. It's unavoidable. But yet they have kavana to derive benefit ultimately, again, from what they see. Va'aser. And Rav therefore says, you see here that even in a situation that is totally unavoidable, if you have kavana to benefit, you're going to be chayiv. To which the Gemara says, No, it's actually referring ultimately again to those who are standing outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And Rashi points out over here, Well, so I was talking about the people who are standing on the outside. So the people who are standing on the outside, ultimately again, that's not even, that's, that's Efshar, that's avoidable, that's avoidable. And therefore, again, for them, there's going to be an Isser, even though there's no Me'ila. But Halacha, let me say again, for those who are standing inside, who must do the repairs, 
there is not even an Isra. So therefore, I will say, the Machlokis still stands. The Machlokis Abayi in Rava is still here, which is, what happens in a situation where it is unavoidable for you to go ahead and have benefit from an Isra Hanal, but once it's unavoidable, you have Kavana to benefit. So Abayi will say you're not Chayev because everything is about Efshar. Is it avoidable? Unavoidable. Once it's unavoidable, you're no longer Chayev. Rava says, no, even if it's unavoidable, if you have kavana to benefit, you are still going to be chayib. That's the fundamental of Because Rabbi say, just bear in mind that the Gemara also just put forward a very dramatic halacha, that there is no me'ila by intangibles, which we're going to come back to in a little bit as well. No me'ila by intangibles. So no me'ila by sound, by sight, by what you see, and by scent. We'll come back to that. Kufa. Here we go, Rabbi so as we just said, that which you hear, right, sound, sight, that which you see, reach, that which you smell, are not subject to me'ila. The Gemara says, Vahatanya, I, but we learned, was that true? Is that true? The Gemara says, but we learned, listen to this. There's an Isra Da'araisa to go ahead and make kitoras, make incense, to try to recreate the incense of the Beis HaMikdash. So if a person goes ahead and puts together, right, their own batch of kitoras, so if you do it lihislamiba, I'm not sure. I'm sorry, the YouTube uh, thing cut out. I'm sorry, those who are on YouTube. I'm not sure exactly what's. I'm sorry, about saying. Let's try this again. Okay, I'm sorry. So let me, let me try. Okay, so we'll say, so the Yimar says as follows. So a person goes in and makes a personal batch of kitores, ultimately again, to go ahead and, to learn how to make kitores. Or we'll say his intention is to go ahead and give it over to the tzibor, putter. Ultimately is putter. So we'll say, so therefore, if you go ahead and you make the kitores with the intention either to learn, to learn how to do it, or for the base of Mikdash, or you're making a batch that you're going to give over to the base of Mikdash, putter. Ultimately, again, one is putter. Lahariach, because you're supposed to say again, in that situation, you're not chayiv. Ultimately, again, from kares or from chatos, you're not, you're, excuse me, you are, you are putter from both kares and chatos. And the reason for that is because the only time you're chayiv is if you make kitoras for yourself on a I'm sorry, we seem to be having uh, many technical uh, technical issues today. I'm going to keep going with the hope that in Merit Hashem, you still hear me. So the Gemara says, However, if you go ahead and, if you go ahead and you, you make the Kitoris with the intention to go ahead and smell it, then ultimately Chayiv. And one who goes ahead and actively smells, like Rashi says, is If again, a person actively goes ahead and tries. All right, we'll say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not sure 
what's happening here. It's telling me that uh, that Zoom is logged in on a different device. So I apologize that I that I lost everyone, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep going in Hashem. So the Gemara says as follows. I, I really apologize for this uh, for the, for the disruption. So the the Gemara says as follows. So therefore, But if one goes in and actively tries to smell kitoras, or actively does smell the kitoras that belongs to the tzibur, Potter, Ultimately, again, one is Potter, But the halacha is one has committed miila. So the Gemara says. The Gemara says, so what do you see from here, Bosai? So you see from here that if one goes ahead and actively, actively smells kitores, then halach So they have committed mi'ilah. So what do you see from here? You see from here that halach said there is mi'ilah by scent. Ela Amar Rav Papa, rather Rav Papa says, Kal umara ein bahemishum mi'ilah, lefisha ein mamish. The truth, Rav Papa revises this. Rav Papa says that both sound and sight are not subject to mi'ilah because there's nothing tangible to it. So apparently, so by scent, there is mi'ilah. There is Mi'ilah. Rabbi said, interestingly enough, why is there scent by Mi'ilah? So Rashi says, there's something very interesting. Rashi says, Re'ach, yesh bo mamish b'samemanam l'ficha chayiv. Because Rabbi said, by Re'ach, interestingly enough, the scent is rooted in something tangible. The scent comes from something tangible. And therefore, halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa has mamash, it has tangibility, and therefore one will be chayiv. But we'll say, but listen to this. The Gemara says, But something very interesting occurs. But Reach, after the pillar of smoke ascends, so this is by Ketores, after the pillar of the Ketores ascends, Ein bo mishum ultimately, again, it is not subject to Me'ilah, once the mitzvah has been done, meaning once you've offered up the Ketores appropriately, then Halacha Lamaisa, the scent is no longer subject to Mi'ilah. I remember, the Cholden that asks Mitzvah Sa'ima B'Shu Mi'ilah, are you trying to tell me then that every time a Mitzvah has been done, or as both say, once you perform a Mitzvah with a particular item, it's no longer subject to Mi'ilah, is that true? Watch this. So the Gemara says, Vahari Chuma Sadeshen, then asks Mitzvah. So what's what a Chuma Sadeshen? What's a Chuma Sadeshen is the ash that is placed by the Mizbeach. Now the ash is the leftover ash from the burning of the Karbanos and the sacrificial limbs. So the Gemara says, Vi'eshu Mishu Mi'ilah, and yet the ash itself is still subject to Mi'ilah. Dichsev, this Samo, it's la Mizbeach. The Torah says, shall place the ash next to the Mizbeach. Shalo Yifazer, v'shalo Yehaneh. Which teaches me the ash, Dafka has to be placed by the Mizbeach, meaning you can't get benefit from the ash. So the ash is something which has already been used for a mitzvah, yet it is still subject to Mi'ilah. Mishum Dahavut Shumas Hadash, no big day kunosh nekzuvan abayin kechad. Because Rabbi said, the truth is, we're going to see Shumas Hadashen and big day kunosh specifically the clothing of the Kohen Gadol that he wears on Yom Kippur are two examples of items which have been used for a mitzvah, but yet still are subject to Mi'ilah even after they no longer have a use. Now, Rabbi said, we have a concept in halacha of Shnei Kesuvan abayin kechad in Malamdin, which means as follows: that halacha lamaisa. Anytime you have a situation where the same halacha is taught in two circumstances, let me say it differently. When halacha is taught in one circumstance, one situation, you can say that that halacha is there to teach an overarching principle. When the same halacha is taught in two places, what that often tells us is that halacha only applies in two places and doesn't apply anywhere else. That's the concept of shnei suvin ein malamdin. 
two instances of the same halacha cannot be used to generate an overarching principle. So the Gemara is suggesting as follows. Generally, the halacha is, once an item has been used for its mitzvah, it is no longer subject to me'ilah. That's the general rule. There are two examples of where this does not apply. Where doesn't it apply? Trumas Hadash, the Gemara is going to suggest, which means even after the ash has been used for its mitzvah, it is still subject to me'ilah. And there's another example of this. What's the other example? Big day kuhuna. We'll see this case right now. Dixiv. So the Gimara says, First wide line of the bottom of Chafav Big day kuhuna. What's the case of big day kuhuna? Dixiv. Vinicham sham. Both sides, the Pasuk says that when the Kohen finishes his avoda, he will leave the clothing there. This teaches me, this is incredible, that the big day love on the simple white clothing of the Kohen Gadol that he uses for Yom Kippur require Geniza, must be put away in a respectful fashion because they, they still retain their holiness even after being used for the avoda. So we'll say this makes sense according to the Rabbanon who hold Vini Cham Sham teaches me that even after the clothing has been used, it requires it requires Gniza, it requires being put away. It requires being put away in a proper place. Because all the Gemara says, El Rabdosa the Palagalai, but Kran Trabdosa says I'll say, I'm sorry. I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure what's happening over here. I keep getting a message that it's that is being signed in by someone else who's the host. So I'm sorry. All right. So the, the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, But according to Rabbi Dosu says, who argues and says, But according to Rabbi Dosu says, that actually the white clothing of the coin Gadol that is used on Yom Kippur, ultimately again could be used by regular coin for the rest of the year. So what is there to say? To which the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, um, So according to that opinion, means you can't go ahead and, you can't go ahead and use it for a different Yom Kippur. So Michael and Neymar, so both of them, what is there to say? To have a Chumas Adashem Ve'egla Arufa Shnei Ksuvan Abba Enkechot. Oh, both say, because we'll say Chumas Adashem Ve'egla Arufa are two psukim that both come to teach the same principle. V'chol Shnei Ksuvan Abba Enkechot in Melamden. Now both say, now what does this mean? What would be the Egla Arufa? So Rashi says, Ksiv Sham, Temash Mosham Teiklu Rasa. So both say, by Egla Arufa, remember again, Egla Arufa, Halach Lamaisa, is the is the situation where halacha lemaisa, where halacha lemaisa, you find a corpse in between two cities. You don't know again who is responsible for the murder. Remember again, the elders of the closest city come out. They break the neck of the calf. They wash their hands over the calf. They say, Our hands have not spilled this blood. So by Egla Rufa, it also says Sham. It also says there, which tells me that even after the Egla Rufa has been decapitated, you must bury it there, i.e. it is subject to Isser Hana, even after the mitzvah has been performed. So therefore, according to this opinion, you can't learn it out from the Big Dekuna, will say that Egla Rufa and and two instances where there is an Isr Hana even after the mitzvah 
has been performed, and therefore halacha lemaisa can't create an overarching principle. say this works well according to the opinion of cannot be used to teach an overarching principle. But according to the opinion who says that it can, what can be said? It says tumi utim. What are the tumi utim? Visamoksiv harufoksiv. Ultimately, again. It says, this samo, it shall be placed, and arufa. So therefore, we'll say, either way, you can't learn it out. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, halach lamaisa, the Gemara's team seems to indicate to us that, that, um, well, the Gemara wants to suggest, first of all, that by kol and by re'iyah, right, by sound and by sight, there is no me'ilah. By re'ach, by scent, there is me'ilah. Interestingly enough, that's the halacha. So the Gemara says, but, but however, what we do see, is that by normally we would say that after an item is used for a mitzvah, it is no longer subject to mi'ilah. But halacha lamaisa, we do find certain exceptions to that, namely big day kahuna. We also find it by, by egla arufa and potentially those subject to machlokas by big day kahuna. Good. Tashma. Hechnisa l'ravka. So we'll say now that we brought up egla arufa, we're going to continue on the egla arufa topic. So hechnisa l'ravka vidasha. We'll say if you take an egla arufa and you attach it to a team of oxen. So we'll say, so now you're taking the egla arufa, which remember, egla arufa, you're not supposed to have worked. So I take an egla arufa, I attach it to a team of oxen. So kshera, the egla, the egla arufa is still kasha for use. So we don't view it as if it's been worked. So the Gemara says, I, now why are you attaching it to the team of oxen? Bishil shatinok, right? Ultimate, no, I'm sorry. The Gemara says, but the reason, the, the mother of the egla arufa is attached to the team of oxen. You're attaching the egla arufa because again, you want the you want the egla to go ahead and nurse from its mother. That's why you're attaching it to the team. So what's the halacha? So the Gimara says, But if you attach it to the team of oxen in order that it should nurse and thresh, then what? Then psula. Then ultimately again it is going to be possible. So we'll say, what is this a case? This is a case of law afshar. In other words, you need the egla to nurse from its mother. So therefore, again, it's unavoidable. I have to attach the egla ultimately again to the same team as its mother in order that the egla nurses. And yet, but again, the kamachavi. Now, obviously, again, I have I have kavana ultimately, again, to have benefit from the fact that now the Egla Rufa is also part of the team of oxen, right? Or all, the Gemara says, and yet, what do we see? It's Psula. Halacha Lamaisa. Halacha Lamaisa. Ultimately, again, it's possible. So we'll say, so this seems to be, this is a Raya to Rava against Abayi. It is a case of Lo Afshar, the Kamachavin. It's it's unavoidable, but I have Kavana to get benefit. So Halacha Lamaisa, again, we see that it's possible. Shiny Hasam Dechsev Asher Lo Ubad Ba Mikomakom. We'll say it's different because the Pasuk by Egla Arufa says that you can only use an Egla that what? Asher Lo Ubad Ba. That was not worked. That was not worked. So because Halacha Lamaisa, again, work was done to it, Therefore, Allah said, the Eglo will be possible. If that's the case, so we'll say, if that's the case, then you're right. I understand that as soon as you attach the Eglo Arufa to the team of oxen, then Halach Alamaisa, it should certainly be Asher. So, why is the first case Mutter? Ahmed Bezabosai, Halo Dami Alalaha. Because both said the first case is comparable to another case. Shakin Allah of Kshera. Both listen to this. Let's say the Eglo Arufa is minding its own business, and a bird came and rested on the back of the Eglo Arufa. 
the Egla Rufa ultimately again is going to be kosher. Yet, Allah Allah Zahar, if a male mounted the Egla Arufa, right, to mate with the Egla Arufa, Psula, ultimately again the Egla Arufa is going to be Pasal. They will say, what's the chilik between a bird landing on the back of the Egla Arufa and the male mounting the, the Egla Arufa to mate? Amra Papa, Iksiv, so listen to this. This is really incredible. Amra Papa, Papa says this. Iksiv, Avad, Vikarinan, Avad, Adda, Avad, Be'iyu. So we'll say, here's what I want to point out. The positive that the Gemara is referencing is as follows. When the Torah speaks out the Egla Arufa, the way the Torah describes an Egla Arufa is, is, um, let me quote you the Pasik, Egla, Egla, Spakar, Asher, Lo, Ubad, Ba. Asher, Lo, Ubad, Ba. Now we'll say, we translate Asher, Lo, Ubad, Ba, that it wasn't worked. Now watch this. So the Gemara says, but Ubad, even though it's vocalized Ubad, it's spelled Aleph Vez Dalit, Avad. So listen to this. Rapapa says, Iksit Avad, Vikarinan Avad. If the Pasuk would say Avad, right, and we would read it as Avad, Adda Avad Be'ihu. I would say that the Egla Rufa is kosher until the owner actively works the animal himself. Iksit Ubad, Vikarinan Ubad, and if it would be written Ubad with the Vav, and I would read it, Ubad, Afilum Amela. So I said, Ubad means any work was done to it. In which case, again, I would say that any work that was done to the Egla Rufa, even just work happened to it, like the bird landing on its back, should be Chayiv. Hashtag Dechsev Avad, Vikarinan Ubad, where I will say, now the word in the Torah is written as if it's Avad, but it is pronounced as Ubad, therefore what? We say that it's Ubad Dumya Da Avad. It has to be Ubad, that is like Avad. What does that mean? Ma'avad nechale. Just like I will say, Avad means that the owner wants work done to it. Af Ubad denechale. So too, when work happens to it, halochalamaisa, even without the consent of the owner, has to be the type of work that the owner would be, would consent to. So therefore, the Gemara says, when a bird lands on its back, ultimately, again, the owner would not consent to that. But halochalamaisa, again, if, if the male mounts it, then the owner would consent to that. I will say, I'm sorry. I'm not sure exactly what's going on over here. I don't know if someone else is. Okay, whatever it is. So the Gemara says as follows. Therefore, again, interesting enough, we don't have time for it now. But Tosis, Tosis points out on, uh, it's Tosis, Allah, Allah, Zachar, Psula, on Chavav, Ahmed Beis. So Tosis points out over here something very interesting. Tosis says, when the male mounts the Egla Arufa, Halacha Lamaisa, why is that called Nechale? That the owner doesn't want that because the moment that that happens, the Egla becomes possible to be used as the Egla. All right, so that's a, it's a you'll see, it tells us Ayn Sham. Let's go back there. Tashma, Listen to this. You find a lost object. So when you find a lost object, the halacha is, you have an obligation to safeguard and to watch that object. So let's say you have the following situation, which means, I'd say, I find your cloak. So the halacha is, I have to go ahead and take care of your cloak until I'm able to return it to you. Part of that is like airing it out. Airing it out, so the Gemara says, if you have a lost cloak, so let's listen to this. So we'll say, let's say I'm having company and I want to show off that I have a beautiful cloak. I can't spread it out on a bed or on a peg for my own benefit, but I can spread it out on a bed or on a peg for the benefit of the item. 
tear out the item. Nizdanlulo orchin. If halacha lemaisa again, guests come over. Lo yishtachenu lo agabimita lo agabimogen. In that case, you should not spread it out neither on a bed nor on a peg. Bein litzarcha, bein litzarcho. Whether you're doing it for your benefit or for someone else's benefit, or, or for the benefit of the item. So we'll say. So what do you see from here? You see from here that halacha lemaisa. This would be a case. This would be a case of what? Of lo afshar, lo afshar v'kamachavin. So we'll say this would be a case of I have to air out, I have to air out the item, and halochal amayse again. Even if I have kavana for my own intent, is going to be aser. To which the gemara says shiny hasam tikalile. Ultimately, again, it's different over there. Why? Because halochal amayse we're concerned that if you go ahead and you put it out, and there are and there are guests there, the item will be burned. What does that mean? Abosay imishum ein abisha. Maybe because again, ayin hara, the guests will come. You'll make them jealous over what you have and what they lack, and therefore the item could be destroyed because of ayin hara omishum ganavi. Or I will say, once people see that halacha lamaisa, you have this item, it may attract thieves. So therefore, this really has nothing to do with lo efshar mechadin. This doesn't have to do with the machlokis abayin rava. This is a different discussion. So two important takeaways come from this particular case, which is if you are guarding an item that you found, you're guarding a lost object. Halacha lamaisa, you must. To exhibit care and concern over that object and take care of it properly to ensure that when the owner comes back, the item is in proper, you know, tip top shape. But you have to be careful when you go ahead and you take care of it that it does not attract unnecessary attention. Because we'll say, if the things that I have attract unnecessary attention, I run the risk of losing them, either because of Ayn Hara or because of theft. Right? So we'll have to stop over here. I know we didn't get as far as I wanted to get today, but in Meretz Hashem, we will pick up at the Tashma tomorrow. I will say, Yashikayach to everyone. Thank you again for uh, for accommodating me and uh, wishing everyone a Freilich in Chanukah.